this is Colin Parker, and you're listening to EQ&A. EQ&A is a premier podcast of interviews and panels with music and entertainment industry professionals. These are done in a weekly forum at Loyola University, New Orleans. Today's interview is with the Red 11 Agency. Points of conversation on this episode include making mistakes and learning as you go, entrepreneurship and the risk and success ratio, why go boutique, what it means to diversify your roster, and so much more. Also in this episode, there's a really wonderful shout out to Loyola University New Orleans as to why it is so useful to pursuing a career in this industry. And so now let's cut over to the Red 11 Agency. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and get started. Tonight we've got uh, Chad and Andrew from Red 11 Booking Agency out of Austin. So uh, I'll let him introduce himself real quick. Mic check. There we go. You get that one. Oh, thanks, okay. boss. Now it's working. Hey, everyone. I'm uh, Chad Kadelka. I am uh, the owner of Red 11 Music, which is a boutique booking agency. Um, we handle about 50 artists uh, across the country, exclusive uh, booking for artists across the country. And we have offices in Austin and an office in Nashville, Tennessee as well. Um, I run the Austin office, and my partner runs uh, our office in Nashville. Uh, Andrew McWilliams here is an agent with me in the Austin office. Um, the agency's been around for about eight years. Um, we both, my partner and I, were both doing this. This is my 20th year of being in the business and booking shows. Um, before the company about eight years ago, um, I started doing this when I was at school at the University of Texas, um, and then have pretty much been doing it ever since. Um, Andrew, you want to yeah. tell a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. I've been working for Chad for, uh, two and a half years now. It'll be three years this fall. Um, started out playing, uh, managing, booking an independent project, uh, out of Dallas, Texas. Uh, did that for several years. Um, and then, um, before that I worked for a little marketing company in, in New Orleans. Um, was hired right out of. Loyola, where I was in the music business program. So um, started here, uh, worked a little bit for a marketing firm out in, out in Metairie, and, and um, uh, eventually made my way into the officially, formally, onto the business side of things and uh, off the road and, and uh, been out of Red 11 for about two and a half years now. Cool. Um, so, you know, with, with Kevin come from Loyola, um, I'm really interested in kind of getting the, uh, you know, the the dynamic of ending up where you are now and what you've done to get there. And then also Chad, for you being the owner of the company where you got the company where it is and kind of how that started. So why don't we kind of start there with, with you? I know you gave a little background on how long it's been around. You've got a partner in Nashville. Um, when you started, did you come from, where'd you come from? Did you come from the agency world? Did you come from a promoter world, a producer world? What, what was your, your background prior to starting the agency? What made you want to start? A booking agency, if you will. Yeah, so I I, I got in the business uh, via my best friend, who's an artist. His name is Wade Bowen, um, and he and I both kind of fed ourselves the dogs. We didn't really know anything about the music business, and we both loved music. And um, he decided he was going to start playing music, and and he asked for my help. And so, um, you know, early on, while I was in school, I was uh, I, I got a degree in, in advertising uh, from University of Texas. Um, so while I was going to school, I just kind of jumped in with both feet and, and um, we both kind of learned as we went. 
Um, I did everything from, I was pretty much on the road. I was telling Andrew today, I was, I think I spent more time in Lubbock than I did in Austin in my college career, uh, chasing him and doing work for him. But um, I mean, everything from selling merchandise, to designing merchandise, to settling shows, to writing checks on the hood of a truck, uh, every, everything you think of, uh, I kind of did it all for, for him early on. And so that's where I learned, uh, a lot of the, the good things and mistakes too. Um, just kind of, you know, starting from scratch and, and learn as we went, um, did that. And then eventually, uh, by word of mouth, picked up a few other clients, um, to book while I was in school, while I was also managing and booking him. Um, and did that through, as I said, through school. And then once I, I knew I was going to do this once I graduated, um, so continued to build a roster. And then when I got out of school, started my own agency. Um, shortly after that, I went to work for an, a small agency in Austin for about six years and then decided to move on and go back independent for a few years. And then now I'm in this venture, uh, at Red 11 with, with John and I. So, um, you know, I, as far as the touring stuff, I mean, I, I kind of I've done a lot of different pieces of the music business, promotion side, management, the merch world, accounting stuff. Uh, I, you know, just gravitated towards touring for I, I almost felt like I had a uh, it's kind of like in, in the management world, you, you can only manage so many clients. I feel like there's so much it's so involved as far as managing an artist. Um, and I felt like as an agent. I could cast the net a little wider. Like I, I could, I could, I could handle and work more artists than I could if I was managing artists. And so I felt like, you know, whether it's right or wrong, I kind of felt like I had my odds were better in some some sense. Um, and probably a, a little easier lifestyle too. A little bit, yeah. A little more office nine to five, not a twenty four seven on call. Yeah, gig. yeah, yep. That that helps. Um, so yeah, so that's I kind of moved in the booking world and just have kind of been there. I, I've. A few years back, I went back and worked with Wade a little more in, in the management world, but it was short-lived and just the timing didn't make sense. So, um, yeah, just I've enjoyed it and um, it's kind of where I ended up. So, Great. And, and Andrew, you've got some experience uh, managing artists, I mean, namely one of your own groups for quite a while, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, whenever I, after I left Loyola, I, I was hired uh, actually, I was valet parking cars at the Columns Hotel down on St. Charles, and uh, I was telling a guy about an idea that I had at the time, which I don't believe existed, but it was a, the idea was essentially to clean up Ferret Street for a weekend and, and have a, a, a street fair out there, which I guess is now, <laughs> maybe somebody caught wind of that now. It, it had been going on, but in a very low-key way. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to expand it, and it kind of caught that guy's ear, and uh, literally I was handing him his keys to valet uh, his car and he gave me his card and so ended up uh, that's how I ended up with that first marketing job but at that job I took a lot of the experience I had at Loyola uh, in terms of like strategic plan writing I don't know I assume you guys are still doing quite a bit of, bit of that but um, we that company that ended up hired me sort of ended up hired me as a as a marketing consultant and a and a marketing uh, and and business planner um, but really, what I was doing, what I wasn't, what I wasn't telling him, and I hope he doesn't see the the video of this, but is I was using his time to basically create a plan to go back home, and which I'm not doing to you, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I was using using that time to create a plan and go back and um, jumpstart a uh, independent music project out of Dallas, um, and so 
it was uh, it was a really useful Loyola was a really useful experience for me um, because it got me looking at the entirety of of a of a music venture as opposed to one specific component like this as opposed to just the songwriting component of it, or just, just the licensing component of it or just the marketing component of it it got you thinking in you know the 25 different channels that you need to be thinking to be a successful music industry entrepreneur um, so really I took I, I, I took some of that 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 planning experience uh, and did the best I could to formulate something that I thought would work um, it turns out it didn't, but which is a pretty good lesson on music business planning and marketing planning is like, generally speaking, you should probably just go out and do it and figure it out instead of sitting around wasting a bunch of time creating a creating a music business. Can't be plan. afraid to fail, right? Yeah, exactly. It was it was a. I remember when I left New Orleans to go back and sort of kick that plan into high gear and go raise some money and and get my band members together and and focused and driven. I remember thinking that if the only thing that happens is that this is this is done and we get to go do it and find out if it works or not if that's the only thing that i accomplished it would be a successful venture and so we did and we failed um but it was it was absolutely the right decision um because otherwise i would have been i'd probably be sitting in metairie right now working for that asshole that that i that i hated working for um and not and valeting at the columns on the side and and valeting at the columns <laughs> um so out of that out of that um that that band up in Dallas I was uh, had had built a relationship with uh, another agent that works for Chad um in their in their office office in Austin and and was persistent and professional enough to uh arrange a, a meeting and then a lunch and then um you know with the self the independent booking I'd done independent management I'd done and um the you know, the start of some connections around um, the small and medium-sized clubs around where we where we book um, was able to get hired on at, at Red 11. So it was um, all very, like, uh, atypical. It was no, there was no go work for a, you know, a large label or, a, or established management company with, 20 or 30 clients on it. There's none of that is going to be, uh, none of that was available to me. And, and, it, and it rarely is unless you just really, really get lucky. So it was kind of just to kind of scratch your way through it kind of thing until finally found something that where there felt like there was some stability there. And I got to slow down a little bit and um, focus on, you know, now that I'm, I've, I've got a place where I'm comfortable and can go to work. Now I can actually start focusing on building a group of clients and, expanding connections with talent buyers and and getting better at where I am right now carving your own path you know making yeah. it happen and and it also like i don't know if when i was at loyola one of the things that was just it was just slammed down our throats persistently was that if you're going to do anything in the music business it's going to require entrepreneurship and risk um and and if and that was one of the, i mean one of the probably the top 5 lessons i was i was able to to gather here was that like, it's not going to be easy. And if you're going to, uh, find success, it's going to, it's going to be, uh, you know, 
one way or another, you're gonna have to go out and figure out how to do it on your own. And, and there's not going to be a lot of places in the music business, it's not like accounting where there's an accounting firm every two blocks or, you know, whatever it is that these, these places just don't exist like they do in normal professions. Um, and they're harder to find. So um, it just, again, requires some, some luck and persistence. Especially here in New Orleans, trying yeah. to find some of those places. Yeah. Uh, both of you so far have, have really touched on kind of the fact that you both came from a, a background that gave you a nice good bandwidth of, of skill sets, you know, to, uh, to call upon to do what it is you do these days. Um, you know, do you, did you find, Chad, back then that like having managed someone gave you maybe an advantage to the booking agency side of it that you maybe wouldn't other have otherwise had had you just started working for, say, William Morris out of college or something like that? Yeah, I think I had a better understanding of the business by doing that, seeing all aspects of it, being in the middle of all those things and uh, hearing conversations and negotiations and terms and all, all the stuff that I heard and was around. Yeah, I mean, it definitely helped. Um, I, I think it would be a disservice to me if I had just had not seen those things and then just had to figure them out or, or figure them out late. I, I think it uh, helped further along the process of building as an agent or the agency or artist that we were building at the time. I think it helps for sure to understand the entire scope of the business. Um, yeah, I think it definitely helped. And that probably did that help you also um, find the the niche that you that you sit in the today like you, you know you've carved yourself in a, a good um boutique corner of the market if if you will um i don't know if all of you are familiar with every act on here but there's definitely some reputable names on here um on this roster and it's a very specific roster that caters to um a very prevalent crowd these days um you know and uh, I'm, I'm wondering if at the time when you decided to make that move of, okay, I'm going to make this agency now on my own, was that because you kind of saw a gap that needed filling in Texas? Um, I think part of it might have been just kind of guilty by association being there. I was in the middle of it, knee deep in, in the scene and the music and everything that was going on. And, and um, you know, as... as most people know Texas. It's it's a state where you could you could never leave the state and make a lot of money and 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 make a great career for yourself. And that doesn't happen in many other places across the country, or really, if any. I mean, you know, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, so, and there's so much music uh, diversity and genres and everything that's there. And so, I, I mean, I feel like because I was there, I kind of naturally gravitated to or down that road. Um, you know, we, when John and I started Red 11 music, um, that was kind of the goal was to diversify the roster as much as we could and begin that process. And, um, you know, because they, we were, we were, we had signed a lot of acts from Texas. It wasn't that we were just looking at Texas. We just didn't have those opportunities that presented themselves in the right manner. And so, uh, our goal, one of our big goals was to really try to, uh, you know, put anchors down in different places all over the country and diversify the roster and musically and, and location geographically and like just get into, um, you know, different places. And it, it has happened over the eight years. I mean, I think we had, I don't know, 12 acts when we started the company and we're up to about 50 now. And we've got guys, you know, based all over the country still, I, I would still say it primarily it's heavily Texas, of course, but again, uh, the diversification has happened over time. And, and so, yeah, I think just being there 
being around it so much really kind of pushed that thing along. So when you started, would you start in Austin? Was John also in Austin with you and then decided to go to Nashville? Or, or were you communicating, doing a lot of work between Austin and Nashville, Texas and Nashville? So John was, John's originally from Texas, uh, from Conroe area, uh, just north of Houston. And um, I, as I, I grew up in Waco, but I was at school there, and I've pretty much been there ever since. So I've been in Austin since I was at school while I've been doing this and haven't left. He, um, when we started the company, or actually when I met him, uh, he was working at a satellite office in Austin for Buddy Lee Attractions, which is based in Nashville. He worked for Buddy Lee for about 18 years, uh, and when he decided to quit, that's when he and I started the company. And so he had ties to Texas. He had office space in Austin for a long time under Buddy Lee. Um, and so there was a lot of mutual friends and just the connection that way. But when we decided to do this, we originally thought, or he did, thought about moving back to Texas and just having one office in Texas and decided to stay put. Um, and I'm glad he did because it's been beneficial for us to have two offices now, especially diversifying the roster and, and where our folks are at. Um, and we do so, our artists do so much business on the publishing side, label side, just everything back and forth, writing wise in Nashville, that it's easy. Um, you know, they would need space or need to go holler at somebody in Nashville. They can go holler at somebody in Nashville. If they want to come here, then or in Austin, then they can do that. So uh, it's been good, and and you know, we travel back and forth, but it's nice just to have the presence in both both cities. How uh, how big is each office? Not literally space-wise, but employees, like how many people you got working on a daily basis? We're five in Austin, and we are seven in Nashville. Okay. And so with, all, with those few people, really, you manage this roster. And this is, is this both Austin and, and Nashville? This is, yeah, this full okay. roster. Yeah. So it keeps us out of trouble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Andrew, so tell us a little bit. You know, you gave us an idea of what it took, you know, if you will, to get to Red 11, what's, um, what it is, where'd you start at Red 11? What were you doing? What are you doing on a daily basis these days as, as an agent? Yeah. Um, so when I first started, there was a, there was a guy that was, uh, it was pretty good timing. There was a guy that was transitioning out of a role there. Um, and a lot of what he do, what he was doing was, uh, a lot of administrative kind of stuff. Um, so, and that since he was leaving, you know, they, they needed somebody to step in and, and kind of fill those tasks. Um, but I also got to immediately, you know, when I from day one was able to um, start looking at calendars and, and pitching dates and um, working with a, a couple of clients off the roster um, to try and kind of get those uh, to get those guys some some shows, some some dates booked. Um, so for a while it was, it, it, my, my time was really split between, um, doing agent work, booking work and, and fulfilling those, the uh, administrative contracting. Um, we have a, a system in place in our office where when somebody submits an offer to our acts, we go in and upload it into a system and, and the client can review it and, um, and it takes manpower to do all of that. Um, so, um, you know, that was just kind of part of the gig from day one. Uh, and, and it was, um, something I did for a while until we were able to, um, add on a, uh, some, a little more help around the office. And I kind of was able to take that off my plate and now focusing, you know, all on, on actual booking agent work. As far as what it looks like day to day, 
it would be awesome if it was uh, booking shows from the morning through the evening. Um, Monday is usually spent cleaning up messes that occurred over the weekend. Uh, Tuesday is usually spent cleaning up messes that happened Monday. <laughs> Wednesday and Thursday, you book shows. <laughs> and then, Friday, everybody's itching to get out of the office, right? <laughs> and then Friday, you just... Nap screw. time. Friday's nap time. <laughs> nap time, yeah. Uh, I remember actually a forum where, where an agent had come in and, and made that exact comment. He said it would be really, really nice to show up, uh, show up to the office and, and spend your time on the phones and emails and, and book shows and make money uh, for your clients. But the reality is, is that a lot of your time is spent um, making sure that your talent buyer or your venue or your festival has returned your paperwork and that they haven't scratched anything out in your contracts they're going to jeopardize the deal and if they have going back to your client and 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 walking them through you know what went down um but it's um there's there's a lot of um there's a lot of uh, challenges associated with booking that that aren't that have nothing to do with booking shows um, and, and have a lot to do with making sure that the people that you're doing business with and dealing with that aren't your clients, but rather the, 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 the venue owners and venue and, and, and event producers and people that are booking private functions and private events, uh, understand the booking process, um, are, are following through with what's, what's contracted. Um, and, um, you know, a lot of time as an, as an agent, you have to step in and, and make sure that, um, everything is executed the way it's supposed to be executed. Um, so that's really a, a, a hefty chunk of, of agency work that I've experienced thus far. For our ad break this week, we're gonna talk about one sponsor and then we're gonna have one short message. So let's talk about our sponsor first. Freshly offers chef-prepared, all-natural gourmet meals delivered to customers' doorsteps through a weekly subscription model. Healthy means our menu is designed using whole natural ingredients, and every meal is packed with high-quality proteins, heart-healthy fats, and nutrient-dense carbohydrates. Freshly meals will never contain gluten, refined sugars, or artificial additives. Meals arrive fresh, never frozen, and are ready to eat within three minutes. And as a Scavengers Network listener, you can take 30% off of your first week if you go to bit.ly slash scavfresh. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash S-C-A-V-F-R-E-S-H. Bit.ly slash scavfresh. Freshly. And lastly, our message that I want to share with you today is just simply from me to all the other graduating seniors this week. This episode is coming to you just a few days before the graduation for the class of 2018, which I happen to be a part of. I wanted to make sure that I said congratulations to my fellow graduates, to say good luck to my fellow graduates, and to thank Loyola University New Orleans for this wonderful opportunity to host this show, not just in this sense, but also to host it on the Scavengers Network. To see this school take an interest in a student-run company in a company that was started by a student and to want it to succeed and to be a part of its future certainly means a lot to me. So thank you very much, Loyola University New Orleans, and good luck and congratulations to my fellow class of 2018 graduates. You made it. And now let's get back to Red 11 Agency. 
And coming from more of the the boutique side of his agencies, you know, if you don't mind me calling it that, I assume you probably yeah. prefer that 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 type of uh, terminology. But uh, you know, I know you. I've worked with you guys a bit, and I know you you tend to really work hard on fostering relationships and making sure it's a good fit and and working real hard for your artists instead of you know well let's scoop them up because it looks like they might have a hit on their hands coming up with this new record release and if it hits great and we'll just push it push it push it make money 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 and then if they're gone they're gone and here today gone tomorrow but uh it seems like you guys really care about your roster in a way that like you're 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 adding someone to the team adding someone to the family almost of saying okay we're we're here we got your back you know um you know what what is it that that drew you to build that kind of um you know established uh agency um as opposed to maybe the the larger scale the the big names of the agency world if you will you know the caas and the, the wmes and stuff like that I think that's one benefit to um, having your own agency or being involved in an independent boutique agency is you can be selective. You you, you can choose who you who you want to work with. Um, not that the William Morris and the CAs can't; they do. But the business model is different, and we do like like you're saying. I feel like I take we take pride in, in who we sign and, and having those relationships and being really close to everybody that is involved in those projects. We're, we're, I mean, it sounds cliche, but I mean, we're in it for the long haul. Like we, 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 we don't have the ability really to have uh, you know million dollar, $2 million acts coming knocking on our door and saying, Hey, we want you guys to book us. We, we've, we, we, we built this company on, we're not going to wait for those things to happen. We're, we're going to go find acts that, that are unknown or relatively unknown, but they have talent. And if we feel like we can go push and sell it and build the project uh, and enjoy the people, the, the bands themselves, the artists themselves, that's what we're going to do. We're going to go find artists that nobody knows about yet and build them and bring them up. And then hopefully, just as we do business and it grows, word of mouth happens and more and more clients come our way because they see what we're doing and they understand, they talk to the other artists and they're like, you know, the relationship's incredible. You know, I, I can call Andrew whenever I, you know, midnight and he'll answer the phone or if I've got a problem early in the morning, one morning, I call, it's, it's taken care of. They're on and it's not, you know, it, it's very, per, a very personal business. I feel like for us and the clients we work with. So, um, yeah, I feel like I pride ourselves in what we do. We, we, we do, we go back and forth in the office, in the office on who we're going to sign and talk about why and why not and heckle each other for why we're not signing one client and, you know, it's so it, but it's it's fun and it's 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 a it's a nice thing to be able to have that control. And, it, and it's clearly working for you. I, I, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I, I think I, you've got I a very so. impressive <laughs> roster and in, in two offices. It's I, eight years. I think you've done a great job with it. Thank you. Thank you very much, um, Andrew. So, tell us a little more. Um, you know, maybe some of the challenges when you first started when you came in as an agent. Um, you know, there's. The, the, the roster goes from, like we just talked, like, you know, really fostering a, an up-and-coming band to yeah. some more well-established artists. Um, you know, I know just from some talks we've had before that, you know, you've you've played a role in, you know, fostering new relationships with venues and promoters, um, you know, all around the country, even outside of uh, Texas. What's been some of uh, your, let's say, tactics and then also some of your challenges when it comes to... <laughs> To trying to to reach out and find new new 
spaces and new promoters? Um, man, I, I, I really enjoy the idea of, of, um, of getting into interesting venues and interesting markets and, and maybe places that we haven't seen or done, you know, regular business with. And I enjoy the acts that the types of acts that, that go to those places. Um, so I've, 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 uh, but that's also, it's, that's, it's a fairly challenging thing to do. And it just, it just takes time, um, and, and balancing, you know, being, just annoying the heck out of somebody versus just being persistent. But um, as far as, I guess, if you're asking about general challenges challenge of getting started as an agent, it's probably just getting your phone calls answered and your, and your emails responded to. I mean, that's, and, and, and then the only way that I've um, have um, been able to overcome some of that. And I, and there's still a ton of it. I mean, there's still a ton of un, unanswered phone calls and unanswered, unanswered emails but the way that you start getting them back is is just by not just just being freaking hard headed, man. Like just saying, I'm just going to keep on bugging you, and I've and I've got bands that that you need in your venue, and 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 just just you know every 30 days or 45 days or 60 days or whatever it is, um, just just staying persistent. And eventually, I think people um, uh, people start to recognize the name, and they and they realize, okay, this guy's I. I I guess he's going to be here for a while, so I better start working with him and responding to him and doing business with him. Uh, the 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 agency itself is a is a huge contributor to opening up business relationships uh, because Chad or or Jeb, the other guy in the office, or the three or four agents in the Nashville office may be working with somebody, and so the the we're sort of all working together to build the Red Eleven brand. Whereas if a guy in Nashville is uh, creates a new relationship. It's sort of a relationship. Yes, it's a relationship between an individual agent and a buyer, but it's also a relationship that that buyer now has with the agency at large. So I can kind of step in and, um, you know, if a, if a new venue pops up in our system or on our radar, um, leverage that brand, that Red 11, that Red 11 existing relationship to create one of my own as well. Um, you know, the... The other challenge, I guess, is just new bands that don't have any market history and they want to go to San Francisco and L.A. and, and New York for the first time. And you've got to find creative ways to get these people from coast to coast where they're not going to burn out and, and, um, and they're not going to feel miserable about themselves when they go play someplace for the very first time and nobody knows who that is. And the way I think that you combat that is first with uh, an effective manager, somebody that is sending a band to these markets equipped and well marketed and well promoted, um, and the second is we do a lot of packaging, uh, where we'll call other agencies or we'll get inquiries from other agencies, and they'll say, "Hey, I've got these three bands that are looking to run to the West Coast June, July, and August," and we'll all as an agency figure out who we've got that would match up well with that particular band, and now you've got two bands that you that you can package and co-bill and 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 send sort of on a run together so you get combined marketing power and promotional power and publicity um, and where one band may bomb on their own if they've got the other band to support them they sort of help feed each off, feed off of each other's uh, um, momentum and and market presence I guess so yeah that's the other I mean that's that's I would say the two main challenges you get your phone calls answered um, and then just working with bands that are that are young. Because we do do a lot of that, like Chad was saying, we don't, 
we don't necessarily when a band walks through the door and they get an agent that's that doesn't mean that the venues are going to be full and that the tickets are going to sell there's still five seven ten years worth of work to be done to get them to the point where they can go from coast to coast and sell 500 or 750 or a thousand tickets wherever they wherever they go that that doesn't just happen whenever you jump on any agency's roster you got to manage those expectations right yeah yeah but I, I feel like we've had enough conversations with younger bands that are coming on where we we try and make that clear up front is that we what we do is we put you in venues we don't we don't just go out and buy all your tickets for you um we just give you the opportunity to go and market yourself and build a fan base you know we we ideally can uh, help you do that more effectively by sending you on on tours and on you know and you brought up a good point earlier with management companies. How you know important do you find it aligning yourself with good managers? Because I mean, I'm sure there's acts that you have where there are, there are no managers. Maybe other ones where there there's one, others where there's probably a, a couple or a whole team of management. Um, what do you do, or how do you um, fit yourself into that equation as as the booking agency, Chad? Well, I we really don't as I sit here and think about that, we really don't have the uh, ability or we really don't have a whole lot of clients that have actual management. It's kind of funny as I'm thinking about this. I mean, there's a lot of them that are self-managed. They are just self-managed. Um, we do. And, and when you do have somebody that really gets it and, and, and is, it works their tail off and then the right things and knows what they're doing and just it will put forth the energy, it, it just, you can see it. I mean, you can pick apart the, the, the roster as the artists that have those guys or those girls that are working their tail off on the management side and just kind of accompanying what we do, uh, whether it's building content and uh, videos and music and continuing the record cycle and uh, tour marketing and, and all those things. When it's present and it's, and it's done right, it seems to really push the whole project along so much quicker as opposed to having someone that really isn't putting the effort out or, you know, is just there or just doesn't have management. And they just think that, you know, well, I got an agent and they'll book shows and I'll just kind of limp in and I'll do some social posts here and there and it'll all be fine. Like I'll put a record out and everybody will buy the record and then I'm going to make a million dollars and I'm going to be successful. And so you can really see um, the scope and the growth from acts that, that have, good management or, or people that understand how to really push a, cl a client and manage them. Do you ever find yourselves in a position where you have to let an act go or maybe regret that you had brought them on in the first place? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's happened a few times. Yeah. <laughs> is that, is that a, I guess I ask cause it's, it's gotta be part of it. Right. And you don't want to, you don't want to spin your wheels on something where the, the, uh, do we all want to say it together, Billy O'Connell? Yes, all right. Values alignment. Um, <laughs> one of my one of the nice. professors here is very, very big on the values alignment. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, do you find yourselves where like, oh man, it, it, it looked like it really was going to be there, and for whatever reason, X, Y, or Z, it it, it just it kind of turned itself on its head, and you you want to make sure. You know, you're not pumping too much time and energy into this thing that uh, isn't going the direction that, like, you, you know, you both see it going. Yeah, it's a tough place to be. It's happened several times, and I, and and I, I'm a very loyal person, and I and I feel like 
it's reciprocated on our artist side too. Like because of that whole building relationships, you get really close to to those people, everybody that's involved. And so when it starts to kind of when you hit a roadblock or you just see it stop, like it just no matter what we're doing, it's just not building, it's not growing, it's not there. Um, it's hard to 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 break that relationship and just say, hey, I, I mean, you know. I know your kid. I've, I've had dinner with your wife and your kids, and I've been around your family, and I've known you for eight, nine years. Like, but I've got to tell you, I, I just can't do it anymore. Like, or we can't, we can't continue. It's just not working, and that's a tough place to be. Yeah, it's 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 really hard because of the relationships that we're building and, and growing by what we do. So, yeah, that that's makes it very tough. Not, for sure. not to bring the sour note, but there there are you know challenges yeah. in, in that in that way. Um, well, it, it okay to turn that on its head. Well, where do you? What's the do? You, where do you see the company in the next five, ten years? Are you do you plan on expanding? Do you like where you're at? I think you've got a great niche now. I don't. I don't see anything. I'm pretty sure he wants to open you know. an office in New Orleans. Let's do uh, it. Is that some? <laughs> some we can uh, eat more of that rum just, cake that I, I had at lunch. Drop, dropping I'm, some I'm clues I just, there. I just want to move back to New Orleans. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> um. Is I'm I'm terrible with these expand the question, I, I'm, but I'm, you know, we're we're in the works of opening an office in Europe, um, working on it. Uh, hopefully that will happen this year. Um, you know, expand again, expanding the roster, diversifying the roster. It's again, like I said, it's kind of been a focus for us, and we want to continue to do that uh, in genres and across the country. Um, you know, so continue to do what we're, we're doing and, and hopefully we're retaining clients. You know, that's the thing is I feel like in the beginning, I always kind of goes hand in hand with kind of one of the questions you asked earlier is when I got in the business or when I'm, I'm doing this. And I think now all of us are the, the goal for me was always if I sign an act, I don't want to ever lose that act. I, I want to be doing a good enough job. There is no reason for that artist to leave me as their agent or us as an agency. That's a goal for us. Like we don't need it. Let, let's do Let's do what we're supposed to do and do more than we're supposed to do. And you know, let's let's have a pretty good track record where we're not losing someone to a William Morris or CAA or another agency, an independent or boutique. And so that always is a struggle too with majors. And you build artists up, and and you know so. Retaining clients and continuing to grow and build uh, in all levels and aspects with our artists—that that's that's still a, a pretty hefty goal for us, and we want to continue to do that as we as we move forward for sure. Awesome. Well, uh, with that, I'd like to open it up to any questions for anybody out there. Zane. With their notoriety rising. So our contract is not, we don't do termed contracts. Um, it, it's essentially a, a type of contract where you have a, whatever it says, it's called a six month um, not a trial but entry. We get it for, for the first six months, if, if you as the artist, uh, you work with us and you, you see this isn't working, they're, they're not put enough dates on the calendar. They're, I, they're putting me in the wrong rooms. This, the relationship's just not working. Then you can walk. Um, after that period, you basically is, or essentially get put into a, um, it's an agreement. And then if you decide to leave after that, that term, then we have the right to, uh, if you decide to, um, to leave, say, say you're with the agency for five years and you were making $50,000 a year, uh, as an artist, 
when we signed you. Five years down the road, you're making $10 million. And one day you wake up and decide, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go over to William Morris because this guy over here says that he can get me this, uh, uh, you know, year long tour with whoever. Um, and you decide one day you're going to wake up, you're going to, you're going to call me and say, I'm going, I appreciate it. You know, high five. Thanks for the last five years. And, and we're out. It, the, the contract that we have is to protect us from that so that if you get beyond that term and we spend all the time and invest the time in growing you as an artist, then we have uh, the right to enforce a sunset clause, um, you know, th that will be pushed to you and, and reflected hopefully within the new agency. If that's the, that's the scope that you're going to look at is the agency will reflect it, whether it's a uh, 5% for first year or two and a half percent for first year. And it just trickles down over three years. So, you know, you can leave at any time. But we have the right to enforce a sunset clause just for our protection and for, you know, investing time and spending money and doing that. Anyone else right now? Yep. Would you mind going into detail on that? Yeah, so I've been in the back end of that system. It's, it's very nice. Is that, is that something you right away had or developed over time? I... Um, the company that, that developed it, I was the second client when I left the company in Austin right out of college. Um, they were in the beginning stages of developing the program, and I was the second client. Now they have a bunch of folks. I mean, it's it, they've grown tremendously over the last 10, 15 years. But it's an all-online-based all system. Uh, it's not, no. Uh, what's the company? It's, it's just... It's not Calitech anymore. They changed again, didn't they? I don't know if it's a if there's a specific like brand. Like it's just some. I think it's just some web company that built him a custom app kind of back in the day. Yeah, I mean, right. you could you, anybody can go get it, but I don't think it's like Gigwell where you if they're they're marketing and really pushing that that driving that home. So it's it's more of a I don't want to say personalized, but it wasn't beginning. But now anybody can can get it and use it. Um, but yeah, just an online, it's like Gigwell, very similar, but we, we literally built in fields and, and forms and reports that we use to spit out itineraries and, uh, offer forms and contracts and, and all, all kinds of things. You can upload the PDS and the writers and, 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 uh, you know, whatever it might be, stage plots. It, it's all interconnected and we can spit out things that we need to. And it just, it runs from that same system, but it works very similar to Gigwell. Anyone else? Um, oh, I got one right now. Uh, as far as that back end, and then just it, it made me think a little bit more about, um, you know, once the show's booked um, with some of these acts, if they don't have management and things like that in place, are you guys doing a lot of the advancing as well? No, not not really. Jeb does a little bit of another, the other agent that works in our Austin office. He he does um, just because there's nobody else to do it. And, and we will, I mean, obviously we're doing it a little bit, we don't normally do that. No, but I, I do find ourselves. That's another thing that I feel like as a small agency and kind of being as involved with the artist and, and getting so involved relationship wise with them. I feel like we're, we're probably doing uh more management or lean that direction in addition to just booking shows, whether it's just bringing ideas to the table or actually facilitating management duties or things at times. And so that's fine. Like we, we enjoy doing it. It, it. it just, I think it just comes with 
And I imagine with, with certain offers and contracts, if you do it right and get enough information on there, there's probably not a lot of advancing left if, if they have all, all the, the information in, in their hands coming out of that system. Um, you know, if you're not torn with a, a semi full lighting equipment and consoles and whatnot, you know, that's, you can, you can right. lay it all out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we, and we've tried to develop that too over, over the years of just emails and confirmations and linking managers now and uh, sending assets, links to assets that we've now got on the back end of our website. And so trying to add those components to take the guesswork out of some of it or leave it to where, you know, if a venue owner is lazy and he's just doesn't communicate, well, you look back in your email when we confirm the show and the contract that you've received that you have to sign is you're now connected to the manager and the tour marketing contact and here all the assets are right there in a link so it takes all that out of out of the way we just kind of try to help move it right, along right and being the first like line of communication with the venues it's probably pretty important i'm sure you work hard to get to gather that all as much as you can on the front side yeah for sure yeah, to avoid those problems on the back end Awesome. What's like, if you're doing a good job for the artists on your roster, what's the average amount of shows you're booking per month for them? Is it vary from different artists or do you have like a average that you're always trying to meet with each one? It's different with every artist. It depends on their needs, but someone that if we sign them and their, their goal is to be a touring band, um, you know, 10 to 15 shows a month uh, probably is, is, the you know somewhere in there in that range is where they're going to land. So generally on the on the bands that are playing and really just tour heavy, they're going to play 120 to 150 dates a year or more, usually. Yeah. Or is that the artist coming to you and say the artist comes to you? What do you have to see from that artist before you even add them to the roster? That's a, that's a great question. Um, it, it, both, it comes from both. Um, the good thing about having a roster of 50 artists that are playing all over the country is it's eyes and ears all over the country at all times. So you can imagine 50 artists playing three, four dates a weekend so at different cities. And so it, that's, that's a nice thing. Um, we do get a lot of feedback from our guys and girls on the road. Um, telling us, hey, we had this band open up for us uh, in Houston, and man, they had a hundred people in front of the stage, and you know, you probably ought to pay attention to it. Or here's some music they gave us to give to you, or whatever. So, word of mouth from the artist, from what they're seeing, we do get a lot of incoming calls and 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 material sent our way. Uh, the venues too, the venues will help us as well. They'll they'll make calls to us quite a bit and tell us when they see an artist or a band start turning over where, you know, Hey, they had a hundred people three months ago and they just came in last night and had 450 people paid. So it's been a huge jump and, you know, they, we really enjoy working with you guys the way you handle business. So I think you ought to call them where I gave them your card. I hope you don't mind. So a lot of that happens. Uh, as far as what we're looking for from an artist, um, I mean, really for me, it really is about talent. I, I, if we, I feel like if we don't get it, if we don't uh, dig it and, and not into it, and that's the first barrier, I think. We really have to enjoy and love the music and get it, no matter what it is. At, at that point, then we can move, move forward and have conversations um, about you know, what they're doing. I mean, obviously, if they're making money, that obviously helps. 
Um, but it's not a deterrent if you're not making money. I, I, I think the majority of the roster that we have started from Axe making $50,000 or less when we signed them and building them into what they are now. So um, it, it, for, for me, at least, it really is about the talent and, and music and, and, and hearing and loving that and then moving that forward. You agree? Disagree? Yeah, I think um, I think absolutely. I feel like that's the first thing that we all look at and um, and tend to sort of make. If it's not there, then it's we don't take a second look at it. You know, if it, if you listen to it, and it doesn't click, or it's, you're not you're not into it, even though other people may be. If if you can't work with it and live with it and listen to it every day, um, then you're probably not going to want to work very hard to. <laughs> At the end of the go, day, you're selling something, right? Yeah, selling yeah. Products, you have to yeah. be, and you're you're that person's representative, and so you, I mean, that's that's a big deal for somebody to say, "I want you to go represent me and speak on my behalf and do business on my behalf." Then you better enjoy what that person is doing musically, or else Absolutely. you're gonna hate your hate your your job. Absolutely, yeah. I think we had a question right over here. Still got a question? No. I'm not looking at your phone. Okay. <laughs> Can't catch your attention at all. All right. Anyone else? Zane. <laughs> Percentage-wise, industry standards ten percent of gross. Yep. We start at eighty percent and work our way down. <laughs> it, it, no, it's across the board. Ten percent. It's. There are, I mean, I've heard of every different, I mean, there there are some agencies and agents that I've heard over the last 20 years that, that they'll take retainers and people work off retainers that way when a band's not making any money. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just have never really enjoyed that or because I feel like if I'm going to get involved with a project, then I'm doing it because I believe in it and I don't need $5,000 a month and you're making no money. Like, let's go build this thing. And hopefully that shows, you know, the loyalty and longevity from us too, that, I don't need. I, I'm not asking for money up front. Let's just go work together and build this thing. And that's just how I've always done it. Anyone else out there? We all done. All right. Well, let's thank him for coming out tonight. <laughs> don't miss next week. You all will want to be here. EQ&A is brought to you by Freshly and the class of 2018 of Loyola University, New Orleans. This show is also a part of the Scavengers Network with many other podcasts such as Journey Under 30, Spooky Spouses, Myth Takes, and so much more. Thank you so much for joining us here on EQ&A. From Loyola University, New Orleans, for the last time without a degree, this is Colin Parker, and we'll see you next week.